0: Gyro Nation metal. Welcome back to Gyro Nation Metal. My name is Jeff, and I'll be your host. Dan Cleary, vocalist and frontman of Juno Award winning Canadian heavy metal band Stryker, joins me today. Over their decade long career, Stryker has played over a thousand shows in North America and Europe and has toured with bands such as Steel Panther, Death Angel, Unleash the Archers, Accept, Amorphous, Dark Tranquility, and so many more. They've also partnered with two separate breweries to create their own beers, the most recent of which from Sea Change Brewing Company out of Edmonton, Alberta. Dan, welcome and thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem. And first things first, I want to give a shout out to John Asher of Asher Media Relations. Uh, During our chat on episode seven, he's the one who started praising your music and he actually directed me towards you. So that's how I found out about your band.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah, and you and you live in Calgary, and it took you that long to find out about us.
0: I know, I know, <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> um, you know what? I've I haven't been up to Edmonton for too too many metal shows. Surprisingly,
1: there's yeah. I mean, uh, usually they'll, every show comes to Calgary anyway. So why would you bother driving up here?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I used to drive up there quite often for work and stuff like that, and I mean, it's only three hours away, so i have done it before but not too often
1: yeah i mean it's not a bad drive it's funny like uh i always think about uh the first like time we went to europe we had like fans complaining about like how far away we were playing and the drive was like 30 minutes or like 40 minutes and we were like what do you mean that's not that's not far but like for them like in germany there's so many towns and like Every tour stops at each little, you know, not little, but like each city and they're yeah. all very close together. So so for them to like have think about driving three hours to see a show, like if you had to come from Calgary to Edmonton, that'd be like off the table.
0: Oh man, 30 minutes is like my drive to work.
1: I know, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but that's like, oh yeah, it's going to take me 30 minutes on the train to get there. So I don't think I really want to go. I'll just wait for it to come here or something like that.
0: It's so funny. The train is the best way because then you can drink all you want.
1: Yeah yeah that's especially in germany you just do whatever you want as far as beer goes you can just have it wherever
0: <laughs> and you guys are gearing up for a tour in um in europe this year so um do you have a lot of small towns like in in a small amount or a small area or do you have a quite widespread um area that you're covering
1: well and it, it we don't actually have anything really like set up solidified yet um it's more for the summer. We're going to try and get over there for some festivals and then probably do some shows in between, Mm -hmm. but like in the past it's been um, kind of all over the place, but it is nice because the travel times are way like if you're, if you're touring in Canada, it's like a disaster. Like if you try and get from one place to another, it's like a minimum, like six to 12 hour drive for most of them. Like Edmonton and Calgary are so close that, you know, that's that's a nice little thing but like everywhere else is so far to get to so uh yeah like the the drives usually when we're in europe are like i don't know under six hours always
0: which is nice that's not bad because then you can cover that in a day easily
1: yeah like you can you can wake up and you don't have to like rush out of your hotel or whatever or like uh you know the we've done some tour bus tours and you just wake up the next day and you're already in the city that you're playing in. So you can just kind of like wander around and look at the city if you want that kind of thing.
0: Oh, that must be so much better than being in a van. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. Cause
1: like, it's, it's, uh it's a little bit like there's, there's good things and bad things about both. So like uh when you're in the tour bus, the like, showering facilities are like whatever the venue provides for the most part. And usually that's like pretty dicey. <laughs> so at least when you're in the van, like if you're doing a van and you're staying in hotels, um, you know, you get a, a good shower every day and everything like that. So you end up being a lot cleaner, oddly enough on the, uh, those tour bus ones or on, sorry, on the van ones. But I think the other, the other funny thing about it is, um, Oh, what was i gonna say i just lost it <laughs> i was thinking about my 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 new headphones have like noise canceling and so i it's really weird like i, I got them for christmas and i it, it just it feels so weird it feels like i have uh like earplugs in or something like that
0: interesting and, can you hear yourself and,
1: and, or yeah kind, kind of it's a little weird it's it's like talking with the earplugs in Okay. I think I think I can turn it off, but I don't know how. I don't know. I I had to connect. Anyway, whatever. It's not very interesting, but. um, (laughs) uh, Yeah. Well, yeah. What I was gonna say was, um, for the, the van tours, it's definitely a different story. If you're like, staying with friends or promoters and stuff like that, that that is like, the bottom tier for sure. (laughs) It's (laughs) Weird showers no hotel rooms like that kind of thing that that's like the hardest tour to go on i think
0: well and then you're always like so close to your bandmates and then your friends and everything you don't really get time for yourself or even space
1: yeah or you're like sleeping in someone's kid's bed or something like that we've had that too and i've heard other it's funny because i listening to other bands uh interviews i've like heard the exact same thing i'm like i wonder if that's the same promoter that we stayed with where it was like kids were like at at a wife's place and they were like, yeah, you guys can just sleep in those bunk beds. And we're like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this. kind of weird.
0: You got your legs hanging off the edge because they're made for five-year-olds? Yeah. They're just like, no, this is fine for you guys. You're bad guys. You don't care. I'm just like, ugh, god <laughs> What's the longest tour you guys have gone on?
1: Um... I think that was maybe the unleash the archers tour we went on in 2018 i think it was it was almost six weeks i think five or six weeks which is pretty long actually Hmm. to be like driving around the states playing shows so yeah i think that was the longest one um as far as i know i'm pretty sure
0: how does it feel at the end of a tour when you're wrapping up everything? Like are you excited to go home or are you generally just um pretty stoked <laughs> about the tour itself?
1: Everybody's just like totally fried mentally, physically, like just destroyed by the end of the tour that like especially one that's that long. Like I mean, obviously it's it's lots of fun, but like you're like ready to go home for mm-hmm. sure i can't even imagine what it was like for those bands like uh like iron maiden played like 250 days out of the year or something like that it's just like man they must have just been like their mental health must have just been annihilated
0: <laughs> well that was like slayers last two or two i think it i, I mean overall i think it was a couple of years where they were going constantly it seemed yeah that's nuts
1: uh, yeah, Let I don't know. I, I wonder if COVID's going to change some of that. I think like, uh, just from listening to other podcasts and stuff, like a lot of people have said, like, they're not going to do those types of things anymore, where they're just like, you know what, it life at home is not so bad. So they're like, let's chill out with this like insane touring schedule and like, just, you know, try and make it work a little better so that you're not like, just going insane on the road.
0: Well, and you're constantly worried about things being canceled or changed at last minute. Like if, if things change in certain States or in certain provinces, um, you kind of have to adapt and that's, that's a piss off because it's a huge investment, not only for time, but money as well.
1: Oh yeah. That, that's like a disaster that, that, and that, that's why most of the tours are getting canceled. It's not even that like they aren't able to happen. It's just that like the, the chance of any of the shows being canceled, like financially destroys the tour. So it's like it's better to just not take the risk, I guess. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. So let's talk about a little bit more about your band. You guys clearly take a, a lot of inspiration from old school, like heavy metal, but um, it's not a blatant ripoff or anything. How do you guys keep things fresh and interesting for, for fans? And how have you adapted that sound to to your guys' uh, vision of what it should be?
1: Well, I think for us, we've, we've always like, it's always just been an influence more than like, we we've never been really trying to like really recreate that style of music because it's like it's like impossible to do that because we don't live in the in the fucking 80s you know so it's yeah
0: exactly it's
1: it's uh, you know like and and i like modern metal as well i mean when i was like 18 that was like not i was like totally like oh it's got to be heavy metal only and then eventually I was like ah fuck whatever like I like this stuff I like this stuff you know like p- hardcore punk or whatever so mm-hmm. we've always had influences of all those different things I, I'm sure that would surprise a lot of people to, to see like some some of the songs and like what the actual influences were for them like uh, you know it'd be like actually this this song that you like was like sort of influenced by this like punk song that you would hate if you like this but it's like it just works that way. It just like get the ideas going and then, yeah, yeah, you never know where they come from. So.
0: Well, and you guys have to be like ultimately, uh, creative when you're looking at the influences cause you want to change it. You don't want to do something that's already been done.
1: Yeah. It's like, you're not going to rewrite, you know, like so, ride the lightning or something like that. Like, you know, it's never going to be as good, especially like, uh, you know a lot of that stuff is is like just you know a lot of music is when you hear it the first time it's like the nostalgia from that is like you can't like recreate that so it's like if you were you know trying to do like copy say like an early metallica sound it's it's never going to have the same like emotional resonance that you you would hope it has because it's like Metallica. A lot of people listen to that when they were like, you know, 15 or 14 or something yep. like in, in high school or junior high. So it's like, yeah, it, that's like an impossible thing to try and recreate. So it's like not really wow. worth it.
0: <laughs> so who were some of the first metal bands that you got into?
1: Mm, I think it was probably... I don't know if you would call it a metal band necessarily, but Guns N' Roses was a band that I was like, er, er, like I got into skateboarding when I was young and then skateboarding got me into watching skate videos and then skate videos were full of like awesome music. So I remember one video was like, I got introduced to Guns N' Roses and Slayer and I was like, Oh, well this is my favorite music now. Yeah. So that's just like how it happened. So it's it, it's really funny. I, and uh, our guitar player Chris, I've talked to him about that too, and he's like, "Yeah, like that's how I got like so much of my musical influence was just like watching skate videos and just being like an impressionable youth."
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Do you still skateboard then? No, I suck. I mean, even <laughs> even back then, Fair I enough.
1: mean, it, uh, we would just like we we would skate around. Like it was a big part of our uh, like. Uh, growing up like me, yeah. me and all my buddies we, we would skate around and you know we would try and do like ju- you know jump the flat four or five set or something like that and then like yeah. never actually land it and be like ah. but uh chris was actually a really good skateboarder he uh he was signed to a local uh skateboard company and everything like that like hmm. and then at, at a certain point it was like do you want to play music or do you want to skateboard because the chances of you breaking your wrist and stuff like, you know, if you're a guitar player and it's, I think it's kind of hard to be both because you just fuck yourself up. But
0: yeah. And then as you get older, you worry about the injuries. And like you said, I mean, if you're a guitar player, that's, that's the end of that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Chris and I, like, this is years ago now, but uh, we were like, man, we should, we should get back into skateboarding and like, You know, we were like in our late 20s and uh, we went to like a local skate park and uh, I like smashed my shin on the coping super hard and was like, oh, my God, I I can't do this. And then Chris dropped into like a a bowl and he hit he immediately hit a rock like on the down it was like there's just like a rock at the bottom he just dropped <laughs> in it's a rock and just like just slammed into the ground and we were like well that's it for us we were there for like five minutes
0: yeah and then you're <laughs> getting shown up by little nine-year-olds you're like well yeah but,
1: we were just like so <laughs> injured so fast that we were like well i'm not you know like a kid anymore i can't like take this punishment so i we just we just had to bail on that
0: <laughs> Well and then skateboard wheels, they they don't go over rocks very well at all. You slide and then you fly.
1: No. Yeah. You you hit that perfect triangle shaped rock and it's yeah. game
0: game over. And you're done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so back to the the heavy metal sound, what kind of drew you guys um to that? What what prompted you to start a band in that genre?
1: I, it's hard to say. I think it was just what we liked at the time, like. I mean, we're obviously still big fans of that style of music, but, um, yeah, I think it was just, I I think we liked the guitar playing and we also Hmm. liked, um, like we weren't really into like harsh vocal metal at the time. Like we were really, we didn't, it was funny. Like there was a a period where it was actually Children of Bodom that was like the band that sort of. Shifted like the guitar playing was so cool that we were like, you know what? I don't mind the harsh vocals in this. And then eventually, Mm -hmm. it was just like, I don't mind harsh vocals at all. So it's like, um, but it's funny because like nowadays that's like crazy. It's like reverse now. It's like, no, I like I like metal. I don't I don't really like like singing metal or whatever. Yeah. But but when we first started listening to metal, it was sort of like, you know, the the reverse. We started on like classic rock and then like got heavier. But I feel like people nowadays like you can dive in the deep end pretty quick because there's mm-hmm. just like so much
0: and it's all over the place like there's so much innovation and, and uh, I guess crossing of genres like you don't really know I mean you could start anywhere, really
1: yeah, totally and it's like it's who knows like where where people get those like I mean for for, for me it was skate videos, but like who knows it's just people find stuff on YouTube now. Mm-hmm. wasn't really a thing when we were like first getting into music it was like downloading stuff off of Napster or limewire or whatever like that was where we were at
0: <laughs> yeah and half the time it wouldn't even be the song you're looking for <laughs> yeah it'd <be> some,
1: some <laughs> random I, that that fucked me up for so many years there was like a rush song that I loved and i I would tell people the name of it and they're like that's this that's not the right song and I was like oh shit it was like titled wrong in my like so for years. I was like, oh, yeah, this song is this one. And it was not. It was like Tom Sawyer. The title was Tom Sawyer. And then like the song itself was totally different. I can't remember what song it was. But um, I was like, yeah, I really love that Tom Sawyer song. And then they someone played it for me. And I was like, this is not the right song. And they're like, yeah, but it, he says Tom Sawyer in this song. I'm like, oh, shit. I see.
0: <laughs> yeah, I see where we're going. I'm an idiot. Sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah
0: oh man um so you said you're getting into like you've already gotten into like heavier styles of metal like what kind of what bands are you now listening to
1: oh man i've just i'm just like coming out of like a deathcore uh phase where it was like um oh i can't think of some bands here uh i do not even know if it would be called deathcore i really like the band the great american ghost okay they're like um Maybe more of like a hardcore-ish type band, but then I loved like uh, was it ingested Mm and some like some like brutal like slam metal or whatever that kind of stuff. It's so fun to listen to. I just and I I I I'm a big sucker for like um, modern production. Those like really thick, heavy modern tones and productions. Like uh, there was a band that we got into on tour, and then just like you know we were always talking about them as a, a band called dealer from australia okay. they put out like a couple eps and the i don't but like the mix on it was like insane and uh yeah so anyways that's that kind of stuff and then it's funny because like at the same time getting into like those really like you know a lot heavier sounding bands i was also like getting really into like the late 80s early 90s uh aor like uh if he, like michael bolton and like shit like that toto and stuff so it's like a weird mix so like so some of the new stuff we've written is like it's kind of wacky so we'll see we've got a couple new new songs to put out and they're like a, a weird mix of things so
0: your last single came out uh in october that was death wish um yeah and i also i can't remember if this was an audio interview or if i read the interview but you guys said that you had been working on quite a bit of music through the pandemic uh so can you tell us anything about the new music or a new album that might be coming out
1: yeah like uh, originally we had a plan to release like a ton of singles in 2021 and it kind of got derailed because we we just kind of we were just burnt out Mm-hmm. with you know everything you know trying to like figure out what we're doing as a band and like everybody's getting older and I'm like you can't go on tour and all this stuff and so the band was kind of like in a rough spot and then um we just didn't end up following through on that plan so anyways we still have a couple songs left over from recording before and then we have a ton of material that we still need to kind of sift through and figure out which, which songs we want to keep and stuff like that. Cause a lot of it's kind of all over the place. Cause it was just, we're just, that's how we always kind of do it. We just write whatever we, you know, whatever we feel at the time. And then, and then release it two years later.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um, And you guys have obviously changed your sound over time. Uh, It seems to have gotten more melodic, a little bit more, um, Actually, that's a perfect term for it. A little bit more melodic, a little bit less thrashy. Was that something that was a conscious change, or do you, was that just something that naturally happened?
1: Um, I think we've always kind of had a bit of a mix of both, but yeah, the the new stuff is definitely uh, has definitely leaned more towards that. And then we sort of like recently were just like, wait a minute, like we got to write some heavier stuff. Like we're mm. get, we're getting we're getting too soft here. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so yeah so we're uh we, you know we're trying to figure it out we, we've always been trying to figure out a mix like of the the different styles that we like like i was saying like we like some more extreme stuff and then we also like you know like the, the real cheesy stuff so it's mm-hmm. we're trying to find a balance there without being like here's one really brutal song and then here's a totally different song like so trying to like meld those together a little bit which is fun it's it's interesting to try and figure out how to make that work without it sounding smooth, just like stupid or whatever. But, but because, yeah,
0: I, like, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. I was just going to say like, for, for as far as the, uh, as far as the melodic stuff goes, uh, like every, almost everybody in the band sings. So when, when we play live, we, we usually do all the harmonies live and stuff. And I think that's just something that is sort of unique to us. There's not a lot of bands that do that. We get a lot of comments from people who are like, were you guys using like backing tracks? And we're like, no, man, like we just all sing. If we were hmm. using backing tracks, it would sound way better. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Do
0: but, you guys uh, all sing on the tracks then too?
1: Uh, sometimes it depends. Usually it's just okay. me harmonizing my own uh, vocals. Uh, that's just cause it's easier. <laughs> yeah. Take, you know, I'm already in there in the studio doing it. So it's like, But uh, we have done a few tracks. Actually, I I feel like it does actually sound better when it's more than one singer. Like, you know, I I think it's pretty normal for like one singer to harmonize their own voice. But I I do think you get maybe more of that like Def Leppard big vocal sound when you have a couple different voices in there. Mm -hmm. But then you got to get people, because it's like one thing to sing live and then it's another thing to like try and do it in the studio. So not everybody's super comfortable with that. So it's tough to get the guys to be like, you know, come in. And then they don't, they didn't nail it on the first try. And they're like, ah, fuck this.
0: <laughs> were you ever uncomfortable on stage? Like when you first started singing?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I got like roasted by my mom a little while ago. <laughs> I, I can't remember what I said. And then she was like, yeah, you were hiding behind the guitar player on your first show. Cause I was like, I don't know. I said something like cocky or something. like that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're probably right. I don't, I don't really remember, but, um, Singing on, I mean, doing anything on stage is like pretty uncomfortable mm-hmm. at when you, when you first start, like you have to be a real natural to like feel really at home in front of a bunch of people,
0: you know, well, especially, especially if you start thinking about what they're thinking and if you're doing well.
1: Yeah. I, and it, it's really funny. Cause like now it, I, you know, it's totally normal to me now, but, um, I remember we went to a conference in Calgary, uh, Noctis metal conference i don't know if you
0: remember that but um, i've heard of it but i don't know it too well
1: yeah so they just had it, it was like a festival but then they also had like a conference side which was really cool and uh i asked a question like in the the hall or whatever you know you get up and it, it's like in uh you know movies or whatever you see that you get up and, in the conference and you get in the line and you ask a question but like i got so nervous talking in front of like this group of people who are like you know Peers, I guess you would say, and like, mm-hmm. I, like for whatever reason, I had like a crazy wave of like just complete dread, and I, I was like, "Oh fuck!" I like choked the question out and was like, "Bye," like put the <laughs> mic down. So yeah, like it's it's crazy. Like I think speaking in front of people is is probably harder than like um, singing live. I would say.
0: It's interesting that you say that um, I've I've dealt I don't want to say I haven't dealt with this, but I've um, been in positions where I've been able to teach people or talk to people um, more casually, like in front of groups. But if it's something official, if it's something that I have to read, I have a lot of issues like talking to people like that. So it's it's interesting because they're pretty much the exact same thing. But in (laughs) in one way, I get nervous. And then the other way, I'm totally fine.
1: Yeah, that's, that's the, the same with me. It's like I, I have no problem talking to like a crowd of people from the stage during the show. But for whatever reason, just like sitting there or, or standing there talking to like a small group of people was like way too much. I was like, oh, shit.
0: <laughs> so what does this conference look like? Um, I can't really imagine it.
1: Um, yeah, so it was all at, uh, I think, like the university maybe okay i can't i can't remember exactly but um yeah it was just sort of like during the day you could go if you had the tickets you could go and like see um i remember there was a guy talking about touring and uh he had he had a book i can't remember what it's called though it was like this diy guide to touring or something like that so he was talking Mm -hmm. about his book and all that stuff and then they had like um they had like andy sneep there the uh producer he did he does like um uh he did like the new judas priest album did okay. a bunch of like megadeth stuff he, he's like resurrected the careers of a lot of like uh older metal groups these days but uh he was like really active in like uh, the metal mixing community so he he was there talking about stuff and yeah uh, it, w- it was actually really cool we got to meet a lot of them too hmm it, it, it's a really cool it, idea. Yeah, it hasn't happened in in a while, but uh yeah, it was it was pretty great.
0: I think it's a uh, it's a cool idea because you have a bunch of musicians all in the same area, so you're you have your concerts, but then you also have a learning side to things where um, each of you can pick up something new and and move forward with it.
1: Yeah, it was really cool. And I mean like fans can get in there and you know ask questions too and stuff like that. So but but I mean yeah, you you're right. It was a lot of like musicians and you know guys in bands that would come and be like you know (laughs) punish ask questions and stuff so
0: it's cool um so moving into into your history kind of um also on one of your previous interviews you said you kind of just got into singing because you just said fuck it i'm gonna do it um (laughs) how did you learn to sing and how do you keep getting better
1: um yeah, like when, when I started, I was a guitar player, me and uh, uh, our original guitar player, Ian, we we were both, you know, we, we went to high school together and stuff and we were both into guitar and we were like, we should start a band and we wanted to do like, a, uh, like shred guitar type stuff. And then we were like, well, we need a singer and I had done a little bit of like hilarious singing on some early demos that was like really funny. And then, uh, what like wasn't taking it that seriously. And then Chris, the, uh, uh, our guitar player who joined, uh, I guess, when was that really early on? Um, he was originally going to be the singer. Hmm. And then we did like half a song and he was like, I don't want to do this. He's like, I'll just play guitar and you can sing. And I was like, yeah, but I want to play guitar. And like, I suck at doing both. Like I can't do it. I, I, I mean, I haven't, I haven't really practiced, but like, I just, it's just, it's too hard. I didn't, I didn't want to practice it. So I was like, okay, I'll just sing. And then I just started like, uh, just, just trying it. And actually I had a job driving, um, a delivery truck. So I had a lot of time to be like, you know, just driving around alone. And you, mm-hmm. that was like kind of a nice way to like practice without, you know, being embarrassed. Like it's a, especially like if you live at home with your parents and you, you know, and you're like trying to practice your singing, it's like, nothing could be like more embarrassing than that. So that was in the early days that was really important i think was being able to ha- have a job like that where i was like you know alone for most of the day and i could try out you know you kind of have to learn yeah it's all like trial and error you got to figure it all out so
0: mm-hmm. so did you normally sing to uh, other tracks or did you kind of just sing your own songs at those times
1: yeah i was usually just listening to music and trying to sing along and um, you know it was all like metal like iron maiden and stuff like that so you know just doing like karaoke in the car <laughs> yeah,
0: i do that every day to, on my way to work so <laughs>
1: yeah it's a great way to like figure it out
0: <laughs> the worst is like when you're sitting at a red light and somebody looks over you're like i wasn't singing don't yeah, worry about it gotta... <laughs> keep looking at the road it's fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah is striker your first band then
1: uh we had a band early on with uh uh, Billy, our former bass player for Striker, and Dave, the other former bass player for Striker, we had a band before called Vinyl Spine, which was like you our high school band where we just it was similar kind of stuff. But back then, I wasn't singing, and Dave was singing, and you know, none of us were any good at the time. So, <laughs> but uh, that was lots of fun. We we got to play like our, our grad like commencement where they give you your, uh, you wear the robe and everything and they give you the diploma. Yep. Uh, We, we got to play that. We played, uh, electric eye by Judas priest. Okay. (laughs) Which was like such a funny choice. And then, and then they let us play two songs. So the second song we played was schools out for the summer and that went over really well because
0: it was like the end of the year and everybody was graduating. And more people know that song for sure.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, we were like, yeah, let's do Judas Priest, Electric Eye, you know, silence from the crowd. I mean, people yeah. were stoked on it because it was like the the grad was so boring, right? Like, it's just you sit there for We had a big class, too. So it's like three hours of kids just like getting their diploma and walking off the stage. And so anything was going to like fire that crowd up. So
0: yeah <laughs> when you were working by yourself and, and learning to sing what uh, if you can remember what was one of the first songs you you think you absolutely nailed?
1: Absolutely nailed the, the first song that I started doing that I thought like I was like oh maybe I can do this was um, it's a book of heavy metal by uh, Dream Evil
0: okay and there's like
1: a really high like metal scream part that I like loved, you know? And then I, I remember I, uh, you know, I finally could do it and was like, Oh fuck. Yeah, I can do this. <laughs> so that's probably one.
0: <laughs> and then over time, um, talking about like your, the change in your guys' sound. Do you think that, um, that was affected by some of your lineup changes?
1: Um, I don't think so. Uh, like for the most part, it's mostly been myself, uh, writing um i i think it's just because i like doing it i mean that's sort of like one of my favorite things to do is write music so i i do a lot of it and then when it's time to like make an album it's like okay who's got songs and nobody else wrote anything and i have a shitload of songs so it's like there you go
0: fair enough so do you write guitar uh, and everything too uh
1: yep yeah so like i i kept playing guitar you know even after being a singer
0: or whatever i mean that was
1: sort of my first musical love was the guitar. So yeah, I've been uh, playing guitar for like, I guess like probably like 15 years now. So I write a lot of the guitar stuff and uh, I don't record it though. Cause I'm, you know, not as well-practiced as the other guys. They they, they can really nail it. I can, I, I'm good at coming up with stuff, but like, as far as, You know, I don't spend nearly enough time actually practicing to like, sort of have what it takes to, do lay down the perfect
0: tracks. you know? Mm -hmm. So then you, do you write the lyrics in tandem with the, with the guitar as well? Or is that something that kind of comes afterwards?
1: Yeah. Like, so I got like a, like a home studio set up and uh, usually I'll kind of flesh out like an entire song and, you know record the guitars and the bass and I, I program the drums usually and then um, then it's sort of like up for interpretation from the rest of the band too so it's like I, usually I'm not like too like uh, crazy about being like no you have to do exactly what I said like on this part or whatever Like if if and that's part of it too is like what what I come up with usually goes through the filter of the band and then that turns into the striker sound, I suppose.
0: And then that way everyone gets a little bit of creative freedom, but still has a, a general direction to go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We've always been pretty. Well, I mean, we've, we've always been a band of like really good friends. So it's, it's always been easy to work together and in, in writing and all that stuff. Cause I get, you know, not, not much ego. There's a little, but not a, not a crazy amount. <laughs>
0: Uh, have you had much experience working with other musicians that you're not really friends with?
1: Uh, not really. Um, we tried to, we were, we were working with a couple like songwriter type things. It was a bit of a weird experience for us where we, we had a, a guy we were working with who was like, here, try this, you know, here's, here's some guys you can like bounce ideas off of, but it was also during COVID. So it, it was really awkward. It's like how do you how do you write music with someone over Skype, you know or like over Zoom? It was mm-hmm. super strange. Uh, and it just didn't really it wasn't very comfortable for us. I didn't feel, so we just didn't end up pursuing that any farther. but um I think if we got a chance to get in like I would totally like to collaborate with more people musically, but it's just like during Covid, it's been you know impossible. <laughs>
0: Well, and there's something to be said about doing things in person, too. I think that uh, even something as simple as brainstorming, having a meeting is so much better and more effective in person rather than looking at each other through a lens.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And especially if you don't really know each other, it's like it's much easier to like get the get a vibe going. And when you're in like the same room and you can have like a, a drink or something, you know, like it's yeah,
0: I would agree with that. I feel like it's a lot more robotic over the, uh, over the camera as well.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, it, I mean, it is what it is, whatever it's, it could be worse. We could have no, uh, no camera at all, but
0: (laughs) that's true. (laughs) Being talking over the phone. I don't know how well
1: I hate, I hate talking on the phone. I, I don't mind like the, the, the zoom and the video calls and stuff, but like phone calls, I'm just like, ah, fuck.
0: Yeah. It's like as soon as text messaging came out, I just stopped calling people. I just started texting, and I'm like, "Yeah, text me when you want," but or let's hang out. I don't want to talk on the phone anymore. Hold that thing up to my my ear.
1: Yeah, it's you getting radiation in your face. five G, five G melting your brain and stuff.
0: <laughs> That's a huge uh, topic nowadays, too. It's interesting. Um, you guys have won uh one Juno and then you guys were also nominated back in twenty eighteen. Was it for the same you won the best rock album uh in twenty twenty and then twenty eighteen was it the same category that you were nominated for?
1: Yeah, yeah. That was How for that the feel? uh Oh it was sick. Like the the Juno's are like a big deal. I mean mm-hmm. we you know it's it's a it's just interesting thing for metal because I feel like you know winning like yeah, awards for metal is always like a weird thing because it's sort of metal's always been kind of counterculture. So getting an award mm. for it is kind of like, oh, okay. But um, yeah, it was really, really cool. Um, You know, like every it's it's just like a nice validation for what we're doing because it's like you could tell someone you're like, I'm in a metal band, and if it's like just any random person there in Canada, they'll be like, oh, okay, yeah. But then if you're like, I want a Juno. Then they're like, oh, that's like, oh, you're like a real band. And you're like, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as if that band. title gave you uh, legitimacy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. that's so, It's so funny. It's like, you know, we've played, we've toured like, I think we've played in like maybe 25 countries or something like that. And it's just like, you know, that that's probably maybe more of an accomplishment in a way, especially in metal. Mm -hmm. it's like if your if your music can actually get you out and doing like going to different places and stuff like that but uh well yeah like it it was uh it was pretty awesome to to win and um, we were we were pretty stoked about it
0: well you guys have also received some awards um from the western canadian music awards i think it was
1: yeah we've we're an award-winning band (laughs) (laughs) we uh we Lots of like uh, like local Edmonton music awards and stuff like that, and then the Western Canadian Music Awards. So um, we've always been uh, lucky enough to be recipients of those awards too. So mm. it's it's been great. I mean, it's it's really great motivation to like because the people who vote on those are usually industry people, and they see what you're doing, and and you know if you're like. do do it on the right path and stuff like that so it's good validation to be like oh okay we're you know we're on the right path here
0: well i mean you guys also have a loyal fan base you've toured like you had over 25 countries um clearly you've struck a chord um do you ever feel the pressure like of living up to kind of like the awards that you've won in the past like moving forward is it something that you consciously think about or are you guys just making music that you guys like
1: yeah. Well, I mean, like that's something we've, we've always had like a, uh, it's been in the back of our mind too, because like, um, actually our, our drummer, Jono, he sent like a, like a post someone made some very successful artist who was like, yeah, I played at like the, you know, MTV music awards. And he's like, and then the next day I played to nobody at a bar and it was like, it's like, It can happen so quickly where you're like, you're the highs can be so high as a musician and then and then be so low like so quickly. It's it's super weird. So like we've we've definitely had shows where we like showed up and they're like, yeah, there's gonna be like five people here. There's like we sold like five tickets and we're like, what are we doing here? You know, and then and then we'll go somewhere else and you get like a sold out show and you're like, oh okay, like okay, this is this works here, but it doesn't work over here. And so those types of things, it's like, you know, you always wonder. It's like, man, it's like, oh, these guys want a Juno. And then they, you know, they played this show to like 10 people or whatever. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Ooh, shit. So, yeah, no striker fans over here. Like, <laughs> gotta go somewhere else.
0: Do you guys and find any places? Ha- oh, sorry.
1: No, oh, I was just going to say, I think that just happens to everybody. So, just
0: it yeah. Else. Well, and I think it also depends on uh, things like promotion and accessibility to like, uh, I remember speaking to some guys from Australia, and they were telling me the difficulties touring, um, because there's generally only six, I think it was five or six cities that they can tour there. And then traveling anywhere overseas ex- is exceptionally expensive. Oh, yeah. Um, I can only imagine. <laughs> what I was going to ask is, um, have you guys found like a certain area or country that you're that you have more success with, with your shows, like more popularity?
1: Yeah. Um, lately it's been the United States. Like we've had, um, I think we've just been through with enough tours that more people know who we are. So we get like better turnouts and it's just, just like anything, the more you do it, the more, you know, the bigger it will get or, you know, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And then, um, early on it was like Germany and Spain were like big for us. Like when we went over there, we, we didn't know what to expect. And like, we, we played a show in uh, Spain that was like totally sold out. Like the crowd was going insane. They were like singing. They knew all the words. This is on like our first album. They already knew all the words and everything like that. And we're just like, Holy shit. That's cool. We're just like, I guess we can do this. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah. So, Yeah, Germany and Spain, and then more recently, the United States has been really great for us. And then, obviously, Canada has, especially Western Canada, has been great for us because you know we're
0: from. Do you guys find um, like in Edmonton that there is a a popular heavy metal scene, or is it mostly death and deathcore, kind of like Calgary is?
1: Um, I think, like for a while, there was a pretty good scene, like especially when we were like you know uh like 18 1920. it was a, for for whatever reason there was a group of us um uh, that all kind of started doing the same kind of music at the same time so there there was quite a few bands doing it so there was a pretty good scene and then those bands either fizzled out or they became like you know uh tim our, our guitar player he was in another band that was in that group and then he sort of you know that that band fizzled out and then he joined our band and then you know It just kind of goes like that. It's like not not all those bands will all all like sort of continue to actually be a band because it's it's tough. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) to get it's tough to get going. So but um yeah, uh lately there's still there's still a great scene here. I mean the music scene in Edmonton has always been really good. Same with Calgary, Mm -hmm. like um and then I think more and more there's been like a good mix, like I think you can get like a more diverse bill than you used to be able to. Cause I think just like metal fans in general are, are a little bit more like open these days. Cause it's so easy to, to just try, you know, like you don't have to spend your money on anything really. Like if you're, if you're listening on Spotify, you can just listen to whatever you want. Yep. And, and it's, it, you know, you don't have to be at HMV spending 15 bucks to like try something. You can just listen to it and you don't like it. You just, move on to the next thing so i think that's probably good in as a like a whole for like all of metal
0: you know you can listen to whatever you want and figure out what you like well and you guys are uh quite unique in that aspect too because i've seen some of the <clears throat> sorry i've seen some of the uh tours that you've been on and you've actually toured with quite a few different or quite a few musicians from different like metal genres
1: yeah I, and i mean like We've always had like a, you know, we, early on, we really liked thrash and speed metal, but we've always liked like hair metal and stuff. So we've always done a mix of those things. Like some songs will be like heavy and faster. Some will be like more like a, almost like a hair metal song or something like that. Yeah. For good or for worse, I, you know, like it's kind of a weird mix, but um, we, we have enough material now that like, if we go on tour with say, like we did a tour with, uh, dark tranquility and warbringer which is like you know a bit of a heavier bill we yep. we have enough songs where we're like okay let's mostly use heavier songs for this and then if we're going we we t- did a tour with Steel Panther and we were like okay let's let's lean a little more on the hair metal side of our material so um do you guys yeah. change up
0: like your, your stage uh, costumes and stuff like that too? Like I know stage, uh, sorry, Steel Panther has uh, quite the imagery.
1: <laughs> no, we stay pretty, pretty consistent. No matter sort of like we, the music will, we'll lean either way with the music, but we just kind of stay who we are for, for the most part. Uh, that was a hilarious tour with Steel Panther. Those guys are really funny and, and really nice guys actually, which is
0: uh, pretty great. I used to work with the buddy that um, every time there was a Steel Panther show uh, in Alberta, pretty much he would go to it, and he would dress up to the nines, and he would just love being there. It was his favorite band.
1: Yeah, they were uh, they were a hilarious band to tour with, and like you're totally right. Everywhere there was always like you know a group of, of dudes who were like fully like glam metal up, and it, uh, it was super funny. Uh, but yeah, like and we were able to sort of like you know play a little bit more of our like you know lighter stuff and Mm -hmm. then uh you know i think that worked really well with that crowd
0: do you find that um do you guys have a lot of fans uh that are also fans of like really heavy metal like death or slam or brutal death metal
1: i i think so i don't i don't really know i guess it's it's kind of hard to To tell, because not a lot of them are being like, "Hey, I like you guys," but also I like this shit, whatever you know. Mm -hmm. So I mean, like when when you look at Spotify, it's like usually like our similar artists are like you know, legit similar artists. But uh, I I always assume that the majority of metal fans that are like my age are probably into the same stuff that I'm into, which is like a good mix of sort of everything where it's like I like the 80s stuff and I like early thrash but I also like sort of the new like brutal stuff and like gent or whatever you know that all kinds of sh- stuff like it's just so easy to get into everything now so
0: well and as you touched on earlier like you're talking about um how some of your influences come uh, could have come from punk or hardcore so um, you guys put out that one episode of the striker podcast, which kind of had some of your influential songs. Um, I listened to some of those and I was blown away by just the, the, the amount of diversity within those few songs.
1: Yeah. Those were the, the, the influences for the death wish or, mm-hmm. or death wish the song. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't even remember what I put on there, but, uh,
0: some good ones on there. Yeah. <laughs> the,
1: the twin peaks, uh, whatever, fucking that song from twin peaks.
0: There were, there the were a theme. couple that I was like, what the fuck is this? I've never heard of it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, um, it's, it's funny. Like even, um, early on we had, a, uh, a a friend of mine, uh, known as speed metal Clayton, he, uh, way back, he gave me like a hard drive and he was just like, here's 10,000 songs. And I just like copied all of it and was like, oh sick. because he's like he, you know, is like a real collector of music, so big vinyl collection, and then like obviously has like tons of bootlegs and everything like that. And then he he would be like, so like, what kind of thing are you looking to listen to? And I was like, well, I like this band. He's like, okay, well, if you like that band, you're going to like this band, this band. It was almost like having like a uh, someone who would like personally curate yeah. for you and be like, it was like Spotify, but before, you know being like similar artists are these ones. And uh, so he'd be like, he'd be like, oh, you like that band. He's like, that band's a little bit more like, uh, you know, they're a little bit more on the death metal side. So maybe you would also like, you know, like, I don't know, Morbid Angel or something like that. And be like, yeah, he'd be like, try these bands and maybe you'll like these ones. And then, and then he would ask me like, which ones of those did you like? And then it'd be like, oh, you might like this. So that was, that was a fun, like way to, sort of have someone kind of help guide me through it before um before it was so easy with like playlists like you can go and like look at a playlist on Spotify now and just be like oh yeah I like all these bands.
0: Yeah, especially if it's like a playlist from an artist that you like and then they're like here's 20 other bands.
1: Yeah, we've been trying to do that a little bit too now just like and I, we see more and more bands doing that where the, the the actual people in the band make the playlist of like bands that they like that are similar to them like we've done that and we've also done like playlists that are like you know stuff that we're listening to that maybe not may not fit in with like if you're you know if you're like a diehard striker fan you might not love all of this stuff but you may as well give it a try because we like it
0: well and you know like for me personally a lot of the metal that i listen to now um i actually didn't like when i first started listening to it like uh a lot of death metal I didn't really like the death growls I didn't like the the heavily distorted guitars but then over time you start to pick out certain notes certain things that you like about it and then it just grows on you
1: yeah totally I I, yeah and I had the exact same thing that's like I was saying about uh, the band Children of Bodom I was like the the guitar playing is too good like I loved it but then I was like ah fuck it I wish he wouldn't even sing in these songs and then and now I'm like, I love it. I love the whole thing. I'm like the diehard fan. So it's like, uh, it's just funny how your your taste will change after a while.
0: And it's interesting that you mentioned that you you said, like, I wish this guy wouldn't sing. It's like a lot of metal bands that I've seen recently, they're also releasing instrumental versions of their albums. So if you don't like the vocals, that's how I've got a lot of people hooked on metal. It's like, ah, you don't like the vocals, but here's the music
1: yeah i mean the vocals are usually like the most intense well maybe not the most intense part but i mean they're definitely the most polarizing because like like even for us when i i we we almost when i'm talking to someone who i know doesn't really listen to metal i i you know i'm like we're we're almost more like a rock band compared Mm -hmm. to like when you look at the whole spectrum of metal it's like we we're almost a rock band compared to like you know some insane like super grindy death metal stuff or whatever you know it's so uh, yeah i could definitely see people you know listening without the vocals and and being like wow i I like this and then you know ease yourself into the
0: or when they change the sounds from the distorted guitars to like acoustic and it's a totally different song after that
1: yeah and they're like wow this is actually musical it's like yeah you just gotta like yeah. It's like, like an acquired taste. It's like uh, beer. Yeah. Like we we're big beer lovers and you know, like so many people we meet are like, I don't like IPAs. And it's like, yeah, you know, neither did I when the first time I had one, but after a while you sort of grow into it.
0: Well, and even like an IPA itself has so many different, um, that, that in itself is a spectrum. You have everything from l- low IBUs all the way up to triple IPAs. And, um, oh, yeah. you, you partnered up with sea uh, change brewing in, in Edmonton there and you guys came out with the, uh, striker session IPA. How, what was that like?
1: It was cool. Um, that was like, this is like, you know, good tie in with the Juno. So we, we won the Juno and then, uh, we've, we've known the guys at sea change for a long time and they were like, Hey, you guys, what we have, they actually had this, this beer recipe ready to go. And, uh, they were like, we, we, you know, we want to like, they, they had been brewing it in the past. And then they stopped and then they wanted to bring it back. And they were like, Hey, you know, like you guys just want to Juno. Do you guys want to do the, do like a striker beer? We could brand this, this beer, this uh, re-release of this beer with you guys. And we were like, yeah, sign us up. Like no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, where do I where the metal
0: bands are doing that. It's great. <laughs> um, do you guys have any plans to make uh, more beers or have further partnerships with Sea Change?
1: Um, I mean we would love to. They are they're, they're a busy group, like they're always coming out with new beers. So and we also did a beer with um new level brewing in Calgary. Mm-hmm. And um, that was a really good one. That was a funny one. We were getting roasted for a while because it was um a, like a lime lager, okay. but it was so good. Like at first we were kind of like, know eh, lime lager, I'm like, I don't know. But it was summer and we were like, Yeah, it was gonna be released in like June. So we we're like, Yeah, it's pretty good. But it was really, really good. And, uh, those guys make awesome beers too. So, and they do a little more like they, they're a little more adventurous on what they do. They'll do like, yeah, I mean, you, maybe, you know, those guys, but, uh, yeah, they do. They like, seem
0: to be like the, the, the metal brewery. Like the, even their logo is kind of metal-esque. I love it.
1: Yeah. 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 They're all about, they're all about it. So yeah. And that was part of the, uh, the Vox and Hops, uh, podcast. They did mm-hmm. like a, a collaboration with, you know, basically uh matt from box and hops he um sort of facilitated these like relationships between bands and breweries to like that's really cool make this big beer thing and like it's too bad like uh, logistically it didn't really work to be like able to get it as like a mix pack which would have been really cool because it Mm -hmm. was like i mean there was like crazy bands like shadow of intent was in there it's like I don't know if Jesus. you know those guys yeah yeah They're like super heavy like and then it was us and like Unleashed the arches was in there too and it was like uh it was really
0: cool but I, I would like have loved idea. to buy them all yeah. first time I heard vox and hops I, I was quite impressed because I guess the the description was more or less like having a beer with with friends essentially and um obviously he's quite knowledgeable then having the bands have their own brews and like talk about the different beers that they're drinking, I thought that was a great idea.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, anything beer related, we're usually on board with. So
0: <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> and I think that lime lager actually kind of goes with the with the style of your music as well, because it's like feel good. It's more of like a, a I don't want to say a party music, but it's it's a lot less intense than something like Shadow of Intent, for example.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's an easy listen compared to that.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's an easy drink compared to something like a heavy IPA yeah. or like Porter or stuff. I
1: think, yeah, I think they did some sort of like super dank Porter or something like that. So <laughs> it was, it was, uh, yeah, it's like, it would have been so amazing if, if they could have like, I don't know, like pre-ordered like a, uh, like a mixed pack of all of them that would have been so cool. But I I think like that would have been so hard to like, you'd have to ship all the beer to one place and repackage it and then ship it all back out. It would be like a disaster. So
0: you'd have to work out some distribution for sure. Like you'd have to have liquor stores on, on board. You couldn't just sell it from the brewery probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so your new music here, uh, are you guys releasing that independently?
1: Uh, yep. Yeah, we've been uh, we were with Napalm Records until uh, we did Stand in the Fire, which was our fourth fourth album. Mm-hmm. And um, we still had like an option to do a uh, another record with Napalm Records, but we we were just kind of like, I don't know, being signed to a label was like not what we thought it was going to be. And I mean, a lot of that was our own fault because we were just like young and didn't really understand how things work and then uh we just thought like shit we'll we'll just do it ourselves like um we were in a good position with like in in alberta there's a lot of like uh, grant opportunities yeah
0: and And you guys were uh uh, worked with factor as well right
1: yeah so i mean that's like a that's like a huge boost when you don't need to rely on a record label to like Mm -hmm help you fund your 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 stuff so like um it would probably make way more sense to be on a label if we weren't able to get some of those like financial aids and things like that like um it's it's always interesting with those grants though because you you have to commit to spending the money first before they tell you whether they'll give it to you or not so it's like you have to have a plan. You have to have done the plan, and then you have to give them uh, like the report, and they'll and they'll like kind of pay you back. So you got to kind of front the money yourself. But yeah, um, so it's
0: a way of holding you guys accountable, essentially, instead of just yeah. So we don't run running. off
1: with run off with the uh, <laughs> yeah that money, which uh, I'm sure I'm sure there's they've had things like that happen to them in, in the past. But you know we're we take it pretty seriously, so we.
0: I think it's good that they're doing that with artists, especially um, in Canada, because it's such a huge country. It's a relatively low population, so there's not as much exposure.
1: Yeah, that's like uh, we've always said. uh, Touring in Canada, it's like if you got big in Canada, it'd be like getting big in Texas. Yeah, basically, there's more more people in Texas.
0: You know, it's like crazy. Think about. If I remember correctly, there's more people in Manhattan than in all of Canada. I I I, would be wrong about that. (laughs) um so working with napalm then did you feel a lot of pressure to uh direct your music in a certain way or did you guys have creative freedom across the board
1: yeah um for that stuff they were like totally fine it was more of just like um it's just like financial stuff when you realize like what the deal is where it's like you know that classic record label deal and and you're like well okay well you know you just assume it's going to take you to this next level. But in reality, like the label is more of just like a bank mm-hmm. that's going to take a ton of your money afterwards too. And you're just like, ah, shit. So, I mean, you know, they, they, for the most part, they delivered on what they said they would. It was just like, we were sort of like, I think we can just do this ourselves, like mm-hmm. at the level, at the level that we want to do it. So, um, so it just made it guys- for us
0: have you guys created um when i was looking up your uh each of your your albums here it said that your stuff your last two albums i think were released under record breaking records is that is that like your independent label or is that just a name you put to it
1: yeah that's like our joke label it's like a shell corporation (laughs) (laughs) yeah and like the we came up with the name like just like as a joke because i think originally it was like billionaire studios or something like that was like the the recording studio. We were, it, we recorded it. Yeah. And then when we did everything at home and then we, uh, yeah, that was just like, we thought it would be funny to have like a, an image of a record breaking another record, like punching it. Yeah. And that would be like our logo. And then we actually do have a logo for it. It's a, it's, it's so hard to see. And, and we don't have like the original like HD, or a, like high resolution version of it anymore. It's like just this, it's gone. It's on some old computer somewhere, <laughs> but we have like a version of it that we can, it looks okay when it's really small. And it's like, um, it's a vinyl record player. That's like a mechanical scorpion. And the, the tail is the needle and it's smashing the album. That's cool. Yeah, I know it, it looks sick, but it's like, we've lost the image somewhere. Have you guys guys actually considered
0: turning that into a label then or like, um, or is that just something you're using with Striker?
1: Yeah, it's mostly just, we've been using it with Striker and it's, uh, you know, in a lot of the like online distribution type stuff, you have to like put in, you know, the label name or whatever. Okay. So we're just like, yeah, we'll just. Use that. I mean, we talked about it in the past, but I mean, it's hard enough to do our own band. <laughs> I can't yeah. imagine trying to like figure it out for, for another band. That would be, you know, be a lot of work.
0: Now, if you had to go back and kind of not had to resign with Napalm, but if you were to do this all over again, how would you have changed things from the get go?
1: Hmm. What would we do? I think uh, a lot. Of, to be honest like most of what we did was like a really great experience it was good to like you know it was a good learning tool i mean if we went back now fuck we'd be way better off because we know so much more about like what we can do how how to do it like you know i think one of the breakthroughs for us was just the realization that you know you can just you can if you have the money you can just reach out to people you want to work with and just ask them if they want to work with you. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, they're like not going to say no to getting paid to do something. So like when we we went to uh, Nashville to record with uh, Michael Wagner, who did like Master Puppets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And we were like, I th- we sent him an email like just, just to see. We we're like, I don't know, maybe he'd be interested. And he, he got back to us right away and was like, was like, absolutely, is like, what's your budget? Like, we'll make this work. I like the music, so we'll figure it out. And like, uh yeah. So we went down there and like at the time we were just like, Holy shit. Like, and then that same thing just kept happening where we we're like, Hey, well, let's just like email this promotion company and and be like, Hey, like we wanna do ads for or like we wanna work with a marketing team to like get our music out there. And they're like, Yeah, sure, like it'll be this much money, and we're like, Oh. That was easy. Yeah. (laughs) There's no like real gatekeeping. Um, I think the hardest part is just finding those people to ask. But once, once you're there, it's like, if you're confident in what you're doing and then, you know, and, and you have good, I mean, as long as you have good music or like at least music that you believe in, you're like, it's easy to get people on board. I think so.
0: And I think it's also um, exasperated by like, Uh, things like social media you have twitter you have facebook um instagram whatever else is out there instead of just emails or in the past it was like letters you almost had to go through the record labels to access people but now they just walk right through the front gate
1: yeah i mean we (laughs) we had like a. it was really funny we had a uh like a music placement in a tv show on uh amazon it was a show called heels which is like about uh like a amateur wrestling or, yep. or pro amateur wrestling that's on there. And um, I, we got like a tweet came in and it was a guy being like, thanks to, uh, thanks to striker for like letting, you know, allowing us to use their song. But we didn't even know that they used it like, because we had signed up with uh CD baby who does our uh, like online distribution and, and some physical distribution we like just said like a blanket like okay to like anyone using our music like that contacts cd baby to like get a license and stuff like that so i had to like tweet at the guy i was like hey like not to like alarm you but like how did you how did this even happen like how did you get this song and yeah. then he was like, Oh, I, I talked to this guy at CD baby. And then he said, you know, here's a good, here's a, a rock band. If you want a rock song, here's a band striker. And like, so it, but it was funny because like that guy was like, like the, the music director for, for part of Amazon who, and I just like tweeted at him or like, I just DM'd him on Twitter and he'd be like, Oh yeah, here's who I talked to. And so yeah. it was like really easy to get that information. I was like, Oh, cool.
0: And you're sitting there thinking like, well, that was, that was easy.
1: <laughs> yeah. I know it was just like, oh, you know, you could, you could easily just, you know, if you knew who to look for, you could easily be like, Hey, that's the guy who does music for Amazon shows. Like, Hey, check out our band or whatever, you know? Yeah.
0: And it feels like
1: you're
0: not just talking to uh, a faceless corporation anymore because you can literally talk to those specific people that you want or specific band members or whatever, even um, venue staff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I I think as long as you do it like a in a way that's like respectful and you know like normal, like you don't want to be like like a punisher and just be you know send them something totally crazy or like go you know overstep your bounds too much because like you know you gotta be you gotta have some whatever you call it decorum.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I think the boundaries are a little blurred either way. Cause like even in my experience reaching out, like I have reached out to Napalm records and they've helped set up an interview, but I've also reached out independently to bands under Napalm records that they had no idea about. And I'm like, I don't know where, what I'm allowed to do, what I'm not. Uh, I, I'm not really a company. So I don't know if this is crossing a boundary or if they're going to tell me to fuck off and then blacklist me or whatever. But it, I mean, I think as long as the intention is innocent enough and positive most people don't really care
1: oh yeah for sure i mean like uh, in in your situation like uh any press is good press for for most bands like you know it's it's hard hard to imagine people saying like you know i mean maybe you know maybe it's a little harder to get someone from fucking Judas Priest or Metallica or whatever but um for like you know mid-sized bands like you know what do they got to say no for right?
0: Well that's just it and fair enough for the bigger bands they've done all their hard work they want to see if you can catch up if you can do your hard work too they don't just want to give you that level of um, fame also they don't know what you're putting out it could be absolute shit
1: yeah it could be yeah <laughs> yeah and I mean they might not have the uh, you know the, the time to like look into every person who's like r- releasing you know interviews type stuff. Yeah, You know, suddenly it comes up. It's like a, you know, extremist style <laughs> website yeah, exactly. or something like that.
0: <laughs> well, not only that, but you have, I mean, with somebody like Metallica or Judas Priest, they have millions of fans. So they probably get those emails and those letters all the time or those requests. Yeah, actually, they probably do.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's probably filtered. Like, I can't, I don't know. that That's one of those things. I wonder, like, how many of those real big, like, even just like celebrities and stuff like how what are, what are the does their instagram like dm look like it must be a fucking disaster yeah like would you ever be able to get through to them like i don't know if you if you uh uh like messaged James Headfield on Instagram, would he get back to you? Like, probably not. I don't
0: don't even think the message would be seen. Like it would just be, he probably could look at his phone and have like thousands of notifications. Like, yeah, not today.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think I saw, I can't remember what it was. Someone who, someone who had like, just like blown up, like they got like a big hit and they, they were like showing their Instagram on their iPhone and it was just like scrolling like, all the notifications were just, like, scrolling by, like, live. So I can't I feel even like that, imagine, like...
0: <laughs> I feel like that's similar to any, like, relatively attractive female on something like Tinder.
1: Yeah, <laughs> probably. Just, yeah, just endless stream of, like, swipes or whatever.
0: <laughs> you matched with literally every person that's looking at you. Um, uh, where's the best place to find your music for you guys?
1: Well, these days, wherever wherever you like to listen to music, I mean, like we we're an independent band, so we do get paid from some of these things. I mean, Spotify obviously doesn't pay us fuck all, but <laughs> whatever. Um, we we sell CDs and stuff on our in vinyls on our website uh, striker metalcom metal com, and uh, they're all sitting over here. So we just send them ourselves. Oh, cool. Yeah, which is That's you know, nice it's, easy. A good, it's a bit of work, but it's uh, it's fun to do. It's fun to see who's you know, we get to see everybody who's buying it. And then, like, uh, you know, if it's someone we've seen a couple times, throw in a little bit of extra stuff. But, um, yeah, and then just, you know, iTunes, all that stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. And Where you guys have a pretty strong it. merch game, too. So do you guys have any plans for uh, for new merch or new types of merch?
1: I'm, I'm big on these I don't know. This might be too expensive. Like we've looked at some of this stuff in the past, like uh, any, any kind of like drinking mug or anything like that. Like the shipping costs are like fucking brutal. Yeah. And, uh, but like, I just got this, like, uh, it's like um, a tall boy sized. Uh, I don't know if you've heard like the Yeti thermos thing and you could put like the tall boy in it and screw it in and then it stays cold, like for forever. That's amazing. So it's so nice with those, like, because everything, like, all the good craft brews now are all in like four packs of Tall Boys. So it's like, oh, man, like, you know, by the time you're done drinking it, it's kind of, you know, it's like lost a little bit of its, you know, yep, coolness. But uh, these things, I thought it would be so funny to do, like Striker, like those Tall Boy thermos things. But I just, I feel like they would have to be like fifty bucks which is, like, insane. Like, I don't know. Nobody – I don't know how many people want it. I mean, even the one that I got was, like, almost $40 or something like that. So to get your name printed on it or something would be, like, probably fucked up. But
0: Like you said, uh, the shipping costs are astronomical, too.
1: Yeah, they're, they're brutal. Like, anything that's not, like, flat, you know, like a T-shirt and stuff or, like, a vinyl and that stuff's not that bad. But, like, anytime it starts to get into, like, a 3D – it like gets really expensive and then shipping from canada is terrible too so
0: yeah even we get canada, a lot of com- like it's completely inconsistent
1: yeah yeah well and it's funny because like we'll get we'll get comments about like you know not so much lately like we've been trying you know we're always trying to like tinker with it to make make sure it's like an accurate amount of shipping that's you know being uh charged to everybody but i mean like sometimes it'll be like the amount that we charge for shipping is like $10 less than the amount it actually costs to ship it. And we're just like, we just have to eat that cost. It's like, fuck. and that's usually in Canada. Like if we have to ship, like if we, God forbid, we ever ship a hoodie anywhere, it's like a thousand dollars to like ship <laughs> in Canada. Like it's brutal.
0: I can't believe it's that much of a difference. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. It'll be like to ship a t-shirt in like, Canada can be like $16 mm-hmm. and then to ship a t-shirt in from Canada to the United States will be like eight bucks. And
0: it's like, yeah, which doesn't make any sense. Cause it's sometimes like, going further.
1: Yeah. It's always going further. It's a crazy, I mean, maybe, maybe not like, you know, if it's going all the way to like Halifax or something like that, but uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. The, the shipping costs are nuts, but uh, luckily people are okay with it. You know, at least some people are. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Supports the band? I mean, like all of our merch is straight from us too, which is, which is, you know, it's supporting us directly, which is, you know, helps.
0: <laughs> it also keeps things a little bit more personal too, instead of having it come from like a label or something like indie merch, because you know, what's coming from the band, you know where it's coming from. And that's, I don't know, that's quality in my opinion.
1: Yeah. I mean, it and like, it, it's fun. Like, uh, I, I can't remember where I shipped, something to the other day that was like totally crazy. I had to like Google Maps. I was like, where the fuck even is this? It was like somewhere in like South America. And uh you know like you can do that. I love the Google Maps because you could see like the with the the address you can like see where the person lives. Like
0: you yeah. zoom in and look at the street view and like oh cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well thank you so much Dan for joining me today.
1: Yeah appreciate it man. Good talking with you.
0: Thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time on gyro nation metal. Please don't forget to like share and subscribe. The podcast can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you would like to support this podcast, please consider checking out my Patreon. Thank you.